Section 96 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The World Story, Volume 1, China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 96. The Great Can Kubai Invades Japan by Marco Polo. Sipangu, Japan, is an island in the eastern ocean, situated at the distance of about 1,500 miles from the mainland, or coast of Banji. It is of considerable size. Its inhabitants have fair complexions, are well made, and are civilized in their manners. Their religion is the worship of idols. They are independent of every foreign power, and govern only by their own kings. They have gold in the greatest abundance, its sources being inexhaustible but as the king does not allow its being exported, few merchants visit the country, nor is it frequented by much shipping from other parts. To this circumstance we are to attribute the extraordinary richness of the sovereign's palace, according to what we are told by those who have access to the place. The entire roof is covered with a plating of gold, in the same manner as we cover houses or more properly churches with lead the ceiling of the halls are of the same precious metal many of the apartments have small tables of pure gold of considerable thickness and the windows also have golden ornaments so vast indeed are the riches of the palace that it is impossible to convey an idea of them in this island there are pearls also in large quantities of a red pink color rounded shape and of great size equal in value to or even exceeding that of the white pearls it is customary with one part of the inhabitants to bury their dead and with another part to burn them the former have a practice of putting one of these pearls into the mouth of the corpse there are also found there are a number of precious stones of so great a celebrity was the wealth of this island that a desire was excited in the breast of the grand khan kublai now reigning to make the conquest of it and to annex it to his dominions in order to effect this fitted out a numerous fleet and embarked a large body of troops under the command of two of his principal officers, one of whom was named Abakatan, the other Vonasikin. The expedition sailed from the parts of Zaitun and Kinsei, and crossed the intermediate sea, reached the island in safety, but in consequence of a jealousy that arose between the two commanders one of whom treated the plans 
of the other with contempt and resisted the execution of his orders they were unable to gain possession of any city or fortified place with the exception of one only which was carried by assault the garrison having refused to surrender directions were given for putting the whole to the sword and in obedience thereto the heads were all cut off excepting of eight persons who by the efficiency of a diabolical charm consisting of a jewel or an amulet introduced into the right arm between the skin and the flesh were rendered secure from the effects of iron either to kill or wound upon this discovery being made they were beaten with a heavy wooden club and presently died it happened after some time that a north wind began to blow with great force and the ships of the tartars which lay near the shore of the island were driven foul of each other it was determined thereupon in a council of the officers on board that they ought to disengage themselves from the land and accordingly as soon as the troops were re-embarked they stood out to sea the gale however increased to so violent a degree that a number of the vessels foundered the people belonging to them by floating upon pieces of the wreck saved themselves upon an island lying about four miles from the coast of zipangu the other ships which not being so near to the land did not suffer from the storm and in which the two chiefs were embarked together with the principal officers or those who rank entitled them to command a hundred thousand or ten thousand men directed their course homewards and returned to the grand Khan. those of the tartars who remained upon the island where they were wrecked and who amounted to about thirty thousand men find themselves left without shipping abandoned by their leaders and having neither arms nor provisions expected nothing less than to become captives or perish especially as the island afforded no habitations where they could take shelter and refresh themselves as soon as the gale ceased and the sea became smooth and calm the people from the main island of zipangu came over with a large force in numerous boats in order to make prisoners of the shipwrecked tartars and having landed proceeded in search of them but in a straggling disorderly manner the tartars on their part acted with prudent circumspicion and being concealed from view by some high land in the centre of the island whilst the enemy was hurrying in pursuit of them by one road made a circuit of the coast by another which brought them to the place where the fleet of boats was at anchor finding these all abandoned but with their colours flying they instantly seized them and pushing off from the island stood for the principal city of zipangu into which from the appearance of the colours they were suffered to enter unmolested here they found few of the inhabitants besides women when the king was surprised of what had taken place he was much afflicted 
and immediately gave directions for a strict blockade of the city which was so effectual that not any person was suffered to enter or escape from it during the six months that the siege continued at the expiration of this time the tartars despairing of succor surrendered upon the condition of their lives being spared these events took place in the course of the year twelve sixty four the grand khan having learned some years after that the unfortunate issue of the expedition was to be attributed to the dissension between the two commanders caused the head of one of them to be cut off the other he sent to the savage island of zorza where it is the custom to execute criminals in the following manner they are wrapped round both arms in the hide of a buffalo fresh taken from the beast which is sewed tight as this dries it compresses the body to such a degree that the sufferer is incapable of moving or in any manner helping himself and thus miserably perishes end of section ninety six this recording is in the public domain recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c